how's it going? Welcome to Tell You What, the podcast, where we talk with musicians about songwriting and music making. My name is Mike, same as before, and our guests on this episode are Max Loebman and Joe Bordenero from the Chicago band Rookie. Some hometown artists for me to interview, haven't done enough of that lately, and also, rare for this podcast so far, an honest-to-goodness, full-on rock and roll band. Rookie has just released their self-titled debut on Bloodshot Records, and it is a blast of an album. They are unabashed fans of classic rock and roll, and the record delivers non-stop hooks, triple guitar jams, really great stuff. But there's an interesting variety of influence present here. Max talks about his love of country and Americana music. That comes through in a few tracks for sure. Rookie are getting a fair amount of attention for a band just putting out their first record. This was their moment. As they mentioned in our talk, standing ovations from cheap trick audiences, TV appearances, big tours and festivals lined up. People were ready for this. And then everything got sidelined by our current battle with the COVID virus. But we here tell you what studios believe in the power of music, particularly great music like this. And their moment will be there waiting for them. But the surreal nature of hearing Max and Joe talk about these big plans and how excited they were for them a mere few weeks ago when we recorded this, really emphasizes the difficulties faced by touring artists currently. So let's remember to support them how we can. More on that in a second. I was fortunate enough to be able to record this interview in the world headquarters of legendary Bloodshot Records right here in Chicago. Bloodshot is awesome. This is the second guest I've interviewed who's a Bloodshot artist, Jason Hawk Harris being the other. And they all talked about not only how honored they were to be on such a legendary label, but also the support, love, and commitment that they get. We mentioned in the discussion the 25th anniversary compilation album Bloodshot put out last year. It got a little garbled, so I wanted to make sure to shout it out here. It is called Too Late to Pray, Defiant Chicago Roots, and it's a great collection. It's where I first heard Rookie, in fact. It's got Robbie Fulks, Kelly Hogan, The Handsome Family, all kinds of great music. Special shout-out to Hannah at Bloodshot again, who totally made this interview happen. She, along with everyone at Bloodshot, are a delight to work with. So what can we do to support these artists while they can't tour and make their usual living? As I've mentioned before, you certainly should go to their web stores and buy their merch and their records. But you should also check out some live internet shows that many of them are putting out there. They are intimate, folks just playing and broadcasting from their living rooms. They sound great, and they're really cool and fun. There's usually a link where you can send tips. Think of it as your ticket to the show. I've seen the Cordovas, Ballroom Thieves, David Wax Museum. I'm going to see Jason Hawk Harris this week. There's a lot going on out there, so check these out. So let's get to it. Here's our Tell You What discussion with Joe and Max from Rookie. And Joe from Rookie, welcome to tell you what the podcast. We are set the scene. We're here in the opulent headquarters, world headquarters of Bloodshot Records. Shout out! Uh, appreciate them giving us the space. But thanks a lot for for uh, taking the time to meet with us today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Okay, first things first. You guys recently toured with Cheap Trick. 
Yeah. Can we talk about that for a second? That must have been pretty cool. It was very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was actually really, really neat. We were kind of going in with the expectation that we'd never see the guys in the band right. off stage. And as soon as we walked into the first venue, Rick Nielsen was saying hi to us and giving us a hard time and yeah. shredding his gu guitar from the side stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but it was a really, really cool opportunity. And it was our first time playing all over the East Coast. Yeah. And what an honor to do it with Cheap Trick, a band that we all look up to. In yeah. beautiful, beautiful theaters. Yeah, it was cool. Um, we actually, like a year ago, um, for Halloween, we were Cheap Trick for... We dressed up as Cheap Trick oh, and did like an hour cover set. So it was kind of a cool full circle. You created moment, your own future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> were you getting, finding good response from, from the fans? Sometimes it's hard for an opening act with a band that's got such a long time fan base uh, to, to. Yeah, a lot of positive response. Yeah. The yeah. most negative response we got was just a couple folks that didn't like our band jumpsuits. Yeah, but <laughs> but yeah, that, well, wasn't that, that wasn't the status. That wasn't the consensus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cool. We got, I think, like three standing ovations, which was kind of. Wow. Like. We were taken aback. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It was exciting. All right. So let's back up to your early days. If we can talk about uh, music you might have heard growing up, music you were exposed to, were you a musical family, how you first came to your musical life. Mm -hmm. um, Joe, if you want to start. Yeah, I'll start. Um, so I grew up in like kind of a musical home. My mom um, like started playing organ on salary at a church at like 15 um oh, wow. and then my dad played bass growing up in a few bands so there was just always like cds and music around the house and where was this uh lockport illinois okay. um, right next to joliet yep so yeah i guess i just started listening to like beatles cds and stuff and then my parents hired me to start playing drums at church every sunday for my growing years. Um, <laughs> was that the only way you were going to church? Was you to get paid? Or? I didn't get paid, but <laughs> I guess in uh, eternal reward. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Someday you will tour with Cheap Trick. Yeah, right. Um, but no, it was great. So um, was drums your first instrument? Yeah, that was my first instrument. And then um, just in high school, I started getting into more local Chicago music and started just trying to play guitar and bass and record stuff on my own and yeah. then eventually moved here and met Max. So So when did you first start writing music? Um I think twenty fifteen was the first song I ever wrote. Okay. Yeah. Does it does that song exist? It exists somewhere. It's called Loner. Yeah. But that's the first song you ever wrote? Yeah. My dad was that's scared because there's like a chorus with like a lot of screaming and then he came into the basement and like looked at my eyeballs. He was like what Are you what, okay? what are you doing? And I was like <laughs> It's okay. I'm That's sorry. crazy, Joe. I didn't know that. <laughs> you know the song? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know you started writing in 2015. Yeah. Never. That's crazy. My first songs are really embarrassing. <laughs> These are cool. <laughs> How about you, Max? What What were your first music uh, exposures? Um, my dad would drive me to school growing up. He's an artist. Okay. Um, and so he's got that art brain as well. Mm -hmm. But. Uh, as a kid, he would drive me to school and we'd listen to cassette mixes that he would make for me. And I still have some of them. So what kind of music was on there? Um, so it, it ranged. A lot of it was classic rock. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he listens to a lot of newer stuff, too. He's always discovering stuff. So 
you know, we'd be listening to like Neil Young and ACDC, but also I have pretty fond memories of listening to the Bare Naked Ladies with him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so when did you pick up an instrument? <clears throat> um, I probably when I was around eight years old, uh, I went to an arts camp and uh, I joined the piano class there and thought it was really boring right and then switched over to the guitar one um and that was when i found out that playing guitar isn't as simple as it looks on the simpsons <laughs> <laughs> and you actually press the frets down yeah um and then i started taking it a lot more seriously when i was a preteen. <laughs> and when did you start writing music uh, about that time okay. um i had a group of friends that convinced me that it was cool to be in a band so we had like a fake band that only existed to impress girls in our grade and, and which led to me taking it more seriously okay. and trying to write a song the first song i wrote was i was obsessed with woodstock mm -hmm. and i wrote a song about going back in time to woodstock and it's super embarrassing and i don't i think Crosby still's next yeah a song about that. oh yeah but mine was about time traveling and i was 12 oh, years nice. old and i hope that it Never surfaces. Time travel songs, I think. Or, <laughs> yeah. That's something, though. <laughs> so that was high school, really? Uh, that was junior high. Yeah. Yeah. And you've been playing and writing your own music since then? Yeah, a lot of years of refining and still working on it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I would say that not a super confident songwriter until high school. Okay. Can we talk about maybe some of your... Um, creative practices when you guys uh, sit down to write? Are there methods you use? Are you sitting with a guitar? Are you singing with a piece of paper? Um, lyrics? Riffs? How, how do generally the songs come for you guys? Um, for me, I feel like it's usually a pattern of probably sitting down with an acoustic guitar and then just setting up like a small like demo recording uh, setup and just adding to it uh, off the bat, like on my laptop, kind of building off that. Yeah. Is um, the record button always pressed when you sit down, or do you wait till you have something? Uh, wait till I have something yeah. usually, but I usually start with like a drums and then build off that or acoustic guitar. Um, and then with lyrics, they either come after, or sometimes I'll just be at work and write something down and then try and write guitar parts to that or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Max? Uh, sometimes I, there's like, for me, at least two clear ways of writing a song. Sometimes I just get a melody in my head mm -hmm. and have at it with my guitar. Um, other times I go in with the intention of writing a song and I grab the guitar and try and come up with something. Like, I'm going to write something today yes. without having Either something it, in your head. Either it just comes or I have to make yeah. it happen. Um, and a lot of the time I kind of just write stream of conscious, uh, but I'm trying to stop doing that and write lyrics that maybe have more of a story to them right i think we're all trying to get better as time goes on <laughs> no, it's a yeah always growing process yes well you seem to be off to a pretty good start i'll say that thanks. thanks that i have heard okay take a step back here and i may be way off base here but if we take a look at the big picture popular music last 10 15 years trends right the, the real popular stuff what do we mm -hmm. see hip-hop EDM, like pop solo artists, right? Yep. Yeah. I start to get concerned that the guitar-based rock band is becoming like a niche 
market. You I know, think it, it, yeah. Oh, it absolutely concerned. is. But then I see bands like KG Elephant, some of those bands. Right. But more recently, Twin Peaks, White Reaper, some of your contemporaries, bands mm-hmm. like you. So do you feel like you're maybe swimming against the tide a little bit, or you're maybe part of something that's maybe resurging here, or are you just making the music you like and you don't really think about those kind of issues? Um, I think being surrounded by the community we have in Chicago definitely feels like there is a bigger audience for guitar music, but in the grand scheme of things, I think we kind of just go at it like we all really love with our whole hearts I guess just playing this kind of music and we're invested in you know the instruments and what we think sounds good to us so I think we just go for it full force and hopefully you know it comes back I don't know (laughs) yeah I think uh, guitar based music also is always going to be yeah somewhere somewhere sure yeah um, I think 20 years from now electronic music as it is today is going to be retro but there's always you're it's always you're always going to have access to a guitar that sounds like a guitar yeah uh and so maybe it is niche right now but i can see it it, it comes and goes in waves yeah yeah like you're saying with bands like cage the elephant or winning grammys and stuff yeah, yeah. they always pop yeah. up every right. few years there's something else stroke saved us once right yeah right you mentioned the, the Chicago scene. Let's let's talk about it a little mm-hmm. bit. There seems to be something happening around here. Um, you mentioned Twin Peaks, but you know there's Home. Right, just putting out a new record. Host Animal. Are, do you guys feel like you are part of a supportive, creative community here, or is it more just like a spontaneous combustion of different bands popping up at the same time? Do you feel like you get support from from the fact that there are these other bands, and do you guys help each other out? I guess is what I'm I asking. Think both yeah i think yeah. uh but other bands have helped us and i hope that greatly yeah. yeah and i hope that we we try to continue that yeah um there's a lot of really great bands that most people when they think of chicago have never heard of uh since since i moved here i mean i moved here in the summer of 20, 2016 so okay. there was already i feel like a really flourishing like community that i feel like i kind of just stepped into I don't know I feel like it's probably always been like that Mm -hmm. around here but yeah I think now especially there's just like Ohm is just releasing a new record Post Animal just released a new record all the bands you mentioned it's just like I feel like everyone's kind of in their groove with putting out music right now so so in that scene is there like a, a DIY kind of house show scene that you guys were part of or um, Did you play much of that stuff, or was it more clubs and bars? And I think, honestly, from the start of our band, we played more clubs and bars, but we always did, like, we've played some pretty fun parties, um, outdoor and indoor, that were all DIY. Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, like, our first show in the city was at Chuba's, and okay. they've always been, like, incredibly supportive. They booked my first show that I ever played. So, yeah, I think there's been some great venues that have helped. Empty Bottle that we're playing on March 13th. We've played a ton in mm-hmm. Lincoln Hall. So I think it's a mix of both for yeah. us. Okay, let's talk about your live show. Um, what do you guys see as important in a live performance? What is it you're trying to do out there? Is there anything in particular you can point to? Um, I just want to make people feel happy and have a good time. Yeah. I love the Grateful Dead. <laughs> yeah. that says something I think I guess yeah um I think that we want 
to sound professional and tight yeah and yeah. feel good about our performance while also being entertaining and not taking it too seriously yeah i think we take the sound aspect seriously um but we have just fun. comes with practice but yeah we come attitude is fun yeah absolutely on the right night we're all smiling yeah and hopefully people in the audience are too <laughs> yeah. but do you guys play uh covers in your sets yeah yeah, yeah. they actually put one bloodshot sorry yeah uh, put a cover of ours um on their 25th anniversary compilation yeah i was gonna mention that yeah. yeah yep um that is the first time i heard your music on that compilation oh, which yeah. by the way is a great record it's that awesome. bloodshot it is. 25th anniversary compilation there's some really good stuff on there absolutely yeah and you guys if i if i were gonna write a list of bands that i would have thought were influences on you Tears for Fears probably would not have made that list. <laughs> right. Yeah. So can you talk about why you chose that song, Head Over Heels, for that cover? Was that your idea, Joe? Might have been mine. I think what Max was saying, like he writes with melody in mind. I think that song just has a really great melody. And I think we're just suckers for like catchy hooks and stuff. And mm -hmm. we don't have all the gear that went into making that <laughs> 80s recording. So I think we just... Took not many fans do anymore. Yeah, right. I think, I think we... I, I enjoy when a band takes a song that sounds nothing like them and makes it their own. And yeah. when when we cover songs as rookie, we we actually do a cover sets once in a while. Um, yeah, at a bar in Beverly, oh, Chicago, okay. called Hearts, and it's fun. just for fun with our friend TJ Kennedy. Uh -huh. um, so we have a lot of covers in our repertoire, and a lot of them make a lot of sense for us to play. But when we do from that list I was talking about right, right. Yeah. yeah exactly okay. but when we do a cover as rookie and we set out to record it or put it play it at a show I I want I'd like when it's something that we've made our own yeah yeah, I guess, yeah. and I think a lot of us I really like that Tears for Fears album yeah, <laughs> yeah you it's know cool. it's not it's cool. it has it's lived a pretty long and healthy life oh, which yeah. I would not have predicted at the time yeah yeah <laughs> it, it's not really in our wheelhouse but. A lot of things we listen to aren't. Yeah. yeah. I'm lost in admiration. Could I need you this much? Oh, you're wasting my time. You're just, just, just wasting time. Something happens and I'm head over heels. I never find out till I'm head over heels. Something happens and I'm head over heels. I don't take my heart, don't break my heart, don't, don't, don't go away. Okay, since we're in Bloodshot headquarters, I'll let you guys talk about what it's like to sign with the legendary Chicago, your hometown label. Must be pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, very cool. Um, I know Chris, our guitar player, um, helped start Treehouse Records, which is a recording studio on uh, Cicero and Wrightwood. But their headquarters, they rented a house that's now torn down that was like down the block here. Oh. So he used to live there and would walk by the storefront here and always like appreciate the skeletons in the window and stuff. So <laughs> he always tells that story. Kevin's been wearing a Murder by Death t-shirt ever since I met him going to family parties, so it's like, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I think we're very um, grateful to be with them, I think. Yeah, I've worked with other labels in the past, and we just started this partnership, but it's exceeded by expectations in every aspect. It feels like a family here. Yeah, and yeah everyone's incredibly everyone's so hardworking and nice. Yeah, it's a great team, and 
they've helped us out so much so far and i am always blown away yeah yeah, yeah. well they've done great things for the world of music we all owe them a debt of gratitude so absolutely. absolutely it must be great to be associated with them yeah. um let's talk about the collaborative process um in making the songs for this record there's six of you and i, mm. I get the impression that I'll, a lot of you are involved in that creation process, not just one of you that, that Correct, is yeah. creating a song. So, so how does that work? Is one of you bringing a song in and then the arrangements are collaborative? Or I'm sure there's not one way that this happened, but maybe right. you can talk about some of the different ways some of these songs come together. Um, I think this record will end up being an exception in the future, but I think how the band kind of formed, We Max had his band, Max and the Mild Ones, and then I had a solo band we had a bunch of songs that kind of fit together. Okay. So the meat of the record, I think, kind of came from just uh, putting those songs together and then having Dimitri, Kevin, uh, Chris, and Justin just all... We've run them for about a year now at practices and stuff, and they all have taken their own take on parts and stuff. Okay. So then after we were, you know, learning all those songs and spinning them different ways, we went into the studio a good amount of time after that, so they all kind of had their own flavor on it so that's kind of how that record came to be mm -hmm. um kevin the bass player wrote a song that we kind of put together in the studio that's the first time we really like wrote a song while recording it at the studio i guess so that okay. was kind of fun which um, one was that that's called side of the road i think it's number four okay on side eight and, and some of the songs on this record that are that i wrote i wrote them with most of the parts in mind and most of the structure in mind right mm -hmm. Joe as well. Yeah. Other songs, um, One Way Ticket in particular was one of the first songs we worked on. Uh, yeah. I was staying at my Nana's house for a few weeks and she went to water aerobics one day and I cranked my amp <laughs> and came up with like the riff and the verse melody and the chorus melody but had no structure and I brought it to the band and we all kind of yeah. came yeah. together. And Let's talk about this on One Way Ticket. I mean, this whole record is like one nasty hook after another. Thanks. Well, thank this, you. <laughs> this one starts, I mean, it leads with that great hook, repeats later in the song. I think it's really great. So, is that what came first? That kind of riff at the beginning? Yes. I was, uh, from there? yeah. And a, a lot of the guys in the band, we all really like country rock and yep. mm -hmm. Americana music. And I was listening to a lot of Pure Prairie League and uh, Poco and. New other Poco, new riders right. and purple sage yeah, <laughs> and i think that kind of inspired that sort of lick okay um i really like bluegrass music yep. and country and roots rock so it, i was trying that was my attempt but it was really nice for that to be the first song that rookie worked on okay. a few of the songs that we play we'd already done with joe's band yeah. um so we, it's not that we hadn't done anything together, right. but that was we that was the first song that we properly worked on as rookie, and everyone put their own spin on it, yeah. which I it it gives me a nice nostalgic feeling when I hear it. <laughs> I think it's great.
So yeah, so let, let's dig into that a little bit. You guys each have written songs more or less for solo projects before, right? Right. And now you're writing for this project, mm -hmm. bigger collaborative band. Yeah. So how how has that affected how your individual creative process? Have you noticed difference in the way you're thinking about your writing? Absolutely. I think I used to dig myself into a hole, um, being the headmaster of all instruments and recording. Um, and that kind of just really discouraged me and like, I couldn't really get anything done. So then I think there's kind of a freedom in like releasing some of the creativity to a bigger, um, group of people to just, you know, everyone's got to put their feeling on it. It's not up to either one of us how the whole thing should go. It's kind of, right. it's more fun that way, I think. Hmm. Um, there's a certain amount of trust involved, right? I mean, totally, you know, absolutely. Yeah, and I've, we all have our strengths too. Yeah. I mean, when I'm writing songs, I, I think Joe's songs are have like a specific percussive element to them. Everything's very yeah. locked in. When I write songs, it's a, a bit looser, and I don't have that like, I'm terrible at drums. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then to bring one of my songs forward and have Joe and Kevin and Chris and Dee and Justin all put their own spins on it, it, right. it becomes something different, and I think that's really exciting. Yeah. And, that's great. All right, so let's go back to the first cut. Hold on tight. You guys are really kind of going for the throat out of the gate with this <laughs> <Yeah>. one. <laughs> it's got a classic riff. I don't know much about production, but is there like a button on the soundboard that says like shimmery 70s guitar thing? You know, that sound I'm talking about on we, there. There is a flanger on the <laughs> album, and it's yeah. actually, is it just on the drums? So there's a part, there's two parts of the songs where it drops out to just drums and vocals. So we put right. a flanger, which is, I think, considered a very cheesy move at this point in production, maybe. I don't know. But I think it works. I love like, it. I love, like, I I think love it stuff sounds like cool. That. No, me too. But like, it's like maybe. Black Betty. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> guitars mm -hmm. right yeah. talk about how that works in this song i can definitely hear at least three guitars so mm -hmm. talk about how you make that work well right left center yeah <laughs> yeah a lot of panning, <laughs> panning. but yeah. in, in writing the parts i mean we're all the more we play the more we're getting in sync with each other okay. um and for guitars at least when we go and play these cover sets i was talking about mm -hmm. uh a lot of it's pretty impromptu and we all are always looking at each other and Oh, you're gonna take a solo here. You're gonna play a lick here. Okay, I'll back off. Yeah, it's it's yeah, a lot I think of. It's uh, all about creating the space for each yeah. other to have their moments. Like before right. the cheap trick tour, we really practiced almost every day, and just like, you don't play here, you turn up here, you you know. So we yeah. gotta get that Jerry and Bob 
vibe going. Yeah, right. <laughs> like telecommunication. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's entire songs where like I was chugging the whole time, and now I'm just letting the chords ring out and yeah. letting the other guys, you know, kind of take hold. And it, it makes things a lot clearer and more concise. And it, it must yeah. be pretty cool. To, I mean, you're talking about it evolutionary process right you guys totally are yeah learning to mm-hmm. work with each other and it's getting better and changing yeah absolutely. absolutely yeah okay we mentioned this briefly beforehand and i told you not to talk about it because i want to get into this a little bit you're touring with brendan benson yeah right it's just announced you're gonna be opening for him but you're also gonna be playing as his band yes is that right yeah four of us four we'll of us are in that that's and pretty cool it is it's very i'm excited i'm super excited this guy can write a song hell yeah oh my gosh yeah. some of his stuff it's like that magic of power pop rock absolutely. songwriting yeah um, absolutely and he's got an amazing voice I think yeah. he does <laughs> he must be looking forward to that oh yeah we're actually last night we all went over the songs that we're playing of his for the first time and it went pretty well I think yeah, it was really exciting pleasantly surprised it, yeah. a lot of I, I think Rookie has a power pop vein yes. in us and yeah, uh, can hear that, yeah. but this was all very different and i i think it worked out well but yeah so we'll be practicing with them coming up and yeah we'll be on the road with them in april and may yeah we'll uh, be uh playing a south by showcase with them as well oh wow mm-hmm. um, the third man record showcase yeah but uh well, I hope to get to that one for sure yeah, yeah. it'll be yeah. fun yeah aside from that we'll be hitting a lot of cities we've never been to and yeah. playing a lot of venues we've never been to and i get to really cheap excited. trick Brendan Benson, Bloodshot. You're playing Shaky Knees Festival coming up, right? Yeah. This is a lot of things. Great things are happening. Do you sometimes have to be like, is this, is it kind of a blur? Is it? Are you able to enjoy it? I mean, definitely able to enjoy it, and always keeping in mind, like, I think how just like excited we are and grateful for the team that we have and like all the hard work everyone's putting in. But definitely, some of it's like for me at least, kind of a blur. Just like thinking about just how this all came together i guess yeah yeah uh we played on a uh, news network in champagne yesterday, yesterday yeah. afternoon and aaron who interviewed us asked me about upcoming festivals and i said oh yeah we're playing shaky knees yeah and i completely forgot about everything before that <laughs> so it's like but i was just telling joe last night that like since we got back from cheap trick every night i have like a dream that we're still there <laughs> it's like it's like i can't get out of the headspace i just want to be on the road yeah that's yeah. great okay let's go back to some songs elementary blues i really like this one mm. it kind of goes through several phases during the song starts with just simple acoustic sound and then we have this is a technical term kind of underwater sounding vocals yeah they run through yeah. uh, leslie which justin usually runs his organ through wow it, that's yeah. cool and then we get into some the guitar leads piano organ pedal steel mm-hmm. how does a song like this come together with all those different sounds and the production kind of taking a long path well the song has like gone through several recordings and this one's my favorite so far but mm-hmm. i demoed it a few years ago when i wrote it and the structure was not entirely different but I'd say fairly different. And yeah. I think the end kind of came together. Yeah, I think... But you heard... When you wrote it, you heard kind of like this journey that uh, musically it was going to take? Yeah, for yeah. the most part, the structure is the same. It, yeah. it goes through diff- the different movements, but yeah. uh, the ending was completely different, and I think we rookied it 
<laughs> uh, and not in a bad way. It came together as a rookie song. Um, we played it with my old band, Max the Mild Ones. Uh, okay. Joe and Dimitri were also in that band. Steph and Paul, shout out. As well as Paul and Sonny, who plays with Evening Attraction, and uh, my good friend Steph Rohde, who's in a band called Sick Day. Um, but we recorded that at Treehouse as Max and the Mild Ones. Mm-hmm. And then when we started working on the Rookie record, did a early take of it in our Joe and I's coach house. Mm-hmm. Which is around the, around the corner, corner from here. From here. Yeah. And then we brought it to Treehouse and finished it out. Okay. Um, but that ending part is all rookie i mean yeah. like the guitars layer on top of each other so you or, brought that recording that, that yeah we you took did it. a treehouse into the rookie sessions and um we recorded it at our apartment first yeah. the drums bass and acoustic all live together one i was you were the, sitting in the kitchen i was in the, I was the kitchen in the behind room. a bass amp yeah <laughs> we couldn't we couldn't see each other <laughs> but but it kind of like i think it was like on a whim and we were really happy with the quality of it for some reason other things we've done in our living room have sounded Joe's a really lot different yeah. Joe's really good yeah. at, at recording <laughs> um, but then we took that stuff and transferred it to the tape at Treehouse and then added vocals and the underwater sounding thing and yeah yeah it out there so I think I would trademark that term the underwater, underwater. sound <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's going through a rotating speaker okay yeah. which is oh, okay. crazy yeah, it, yeah cool. I, I love how that sounds it feels like Beatles us. Yeah, it's really neat. sunglasses you talked earlier about country you know country americana sound mm-hmm. i kind of hear that country cosmic sound here like kind of a graham parsons thing happening Absolutely. oh yeah um that great pedal steel in there who's playing the pedal steel brendan Lenane. yeah he's from the south side okay. yeah he's fantastic never worked with him we said can you come into the studio and record pedal steel and he sat down and did that in like very quickly a few takes. Yeah. yeah and on this one you sing mostly solo vocals right in contrast to a lot of the other songs where there's kind of group yeah i do i do some backups but they're pretty sparse so where does this song come from uh i actually wrote that song while i was running okay (laughs) like working out Mm. not running from anyone (laughs) (laughs) and it it kind of popped in my head and i was like oh man i need to get home right now and i like sat down with a casio and put the drum machine on and just whistled the riff and sang it um Somewhere in my email, there's a really terrible voice memo of it, uh, and brought it to Rookie, and it became what it is now. It, they've all evolved over time. Yeah. But that, yeah. Um, that track, too, was, speaking back to the DIY thing, we went to Champagne and played a basement, like a really dark, grimy basement, um, <laughs> and met, we saw this band that was playing before us called The Threads, which is Justin, our keyboard player's band. And he had, like, a whole Fender Rhodes and, like, a guitar, so we were like, all right, we need a piano player, so we met him, and then we had this session for Sunglasses booked a few, I think, like, a week and a half later, so he came and that sat down, and that was the first thing he ever played on his rookie. Oh, wow.
I can't have you, but I want you. Mm -hmm. Joe sings lead on this one. Mm -hmm. Does you write this song? Uh, yeah, I wrote this one. Contains the line, she's got the television, but there's no TV guide. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a throwback line, because I'm surprised you even know what a TV guide hey. is. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> but you play drums in the group but I assume you're like you mentioned you're sitting with a guitar when you're writing this song yeah I wrote that one on guitar we played it with my solo band before I think it's evolved a little bit since then um, yeah that, I think that was kind of the first song that I wrote that had like a very uh, pronounced like chorus verse like yeah yeah tell by looking at me i'm a really good dancer yeah <laughs> i have some serious moves um a lot of your songs seem to have a really danceable groove to them is that something that you're after is to get people moving or is that just the way the songs come out uh, I, I don't know if it's intentional but yeah. i gotta say i love going to a show where i feel compelled to dance because i'm not much of a dancer and <laughs> yeah. i've seen a few bands recently where i can't stop moving yeah and I've left the show feeling super enthusiastic and energized. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope I hope people hear our songs and want to dance. Yeah, I think a lot of the songs have bouncy bass lines and yeah. Kevin's bopping around up there. So yeah. hopefully people dance with them. But you may see me <laughs> showing off some of my moves at your next show. I so hope keep so. an eye out. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to ask about Introduction 2. Yeah. Hey. Right? And yeah. 90 second kind of an intense instrumental jam. Did this start out as the beginning of something else, or...? It did, actually. Right? Yeah, we yeah. were going to turn it into a song. Yeah, we wanted it to sound like Chicago. Okay. Their first album opens up with introduction. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is introduction, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, then I think we kind of just got busy working on other songs, and we never really flushed that one out, so we were like, well... It, we'll just take what we had, yeah. We had started playing it into One Way Ticket at our shows. Yeah. Uh, and almost an afterthought, but we added that we didn't record those two together and we were able to. Yeah, until it comes right before that on the, yeah, right. on the album. Yeah. I think it was a great idea to uh, to include it. Nice. Nice. I think it, it also is kind of, you know, a signature of what's going on in that record the just guitar yeah, solos very, and. Like we were saying earlier with the panning, it's just like very guitar solo here, guitar solo right. there. kind of introduces you to the audio of what's coming on this. Yeah.
saw you guys play a song on the morning news show the other day in Chicago, yeah. right? Yeah. That must have been kind of interesting to play rock and roll in, in the TV studio at what, yeah. 10 o'clock in the morning or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it seemed like you were having a good time, though. Yeah, I, I was having a good time. Um, it kind of felt like woke up, drove five minutes down the road again. The the headquarters for that was like right there. Around right. the corner. Yeah. WGN. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. loaded in. Um, and it was great. I think all the staff there was... I mean, they were being goofy and okay. hanging out with us, so I think everyone enjoyed it. Yeah, we were checking guitars, and there's three guitar players all playing Vox AC30s, and the we each checked ours, and then the sound engineer said, "All right, the three wankers all at once." <laughs> we all played. We all played. And went, oh, it actually sounds all right. That's <laughs> good. But it, it was actually really cool. It was really fun. Um, very professional, and wow. We were live on TV. Yeah. That was yeah, pretty was freaky. Chicago, pretty <laughs> cool, right? Yeah. That was and the first it, live TV. Yeah, because it, it airs nationally, live. too. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. It's the superstar. That's why there's so many Cubs fans. That's right. Yeah. Go yeah. Sox. That's great. <laughs> well, I saw the video. You guys did a nice job. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I have one more important question. Mm-hmm. How can I get my hands on one of those jumpsuits? Ooh. <laughs> we've, uh, we've, Time will tell. Yeah, All right. Time will tell. We All just right. auctioned some off. Um, at our last show, Talia Hall. So there are some out in the world. Yeah, somewhere. outside of the band. Um, yeah, yeah, we we got them <laughs> at Ragstock. Oh, okay. And then we put we put some customizations on them. Yeah, yeah. Joe's aunt Jenna uh, ironed on our logo nice. for each of them. Yeah. But we uh, have some new jumpsuits coming oh, that right. are a bit. You can upgrade. Slicker. Yeah, we're oh, upgrading yeah. from stock nice. manufacturing companies. Yeah, they make stock. a lot of uniforms around Chicago, and uh, we've met with. Jim Snedeker, who who runs Stock, um, and he's a fan of the band, I think. Yeah. And so he's he offered to help us out with this one. That's great. Yeah. Um, well, it's a very exciting time for you all. When this uh, episode is aired, your album will have come out in the recent past, but you're now you're looking at finally getting it out into the world in a week or so. Yeah. Um, uh, must feel pretty good to finally let these songs get out there and, and be in the world Absolutely. and play them while they're in the world, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I hope people yeah. listen to it and I hope people enjoy it. I've been yeah. kind of blown away by how many people are already like eager to... Lyrics and yeah, stuff. yeah. People Just want excited. it. Yeah. yeah. It seems not like... It's not anything crazy, but I mean... People are paying attention. It's, it's, nice, to, it's yeah. nice to feel that yeah. cool. warmth. Yeah. Well, that's great. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys play. I'm going to try and go to your record release show which should be quite an event yeah and yeah. Then, uh, I will see you in Austin but I, I, I recommend heartily to our listeners to get out there you guys are going to be out doing some, some pretty big tours so everyone should get a chance to see you so everyone yeah. should well, thank, thank you. you I hope so alright <laughs> thanks guys for taking the time this is a great chat thanks for having us Thanks for listening. I really had fun talking with Max and Joe. We had a lot of laughs, and I know they are on the brink of some really great things. Definitely check out their record. You can buy it online at Bandcamp or Bloodshot. Don't forget to play it real loud. Be sure to check out some of those online concerts I was talking about earlier to support musicians in their downtime. And if you have some downtime of your own, make some noise yourself. Sing, play the guitar, learn to play the guitar. In fact, Fender.com is offering three months of free lessons right now. So let's hear it. Make some noise. Make a ruckus. It'll make you feel better, I promise. 
And until next time, remember, music is the best. Black